There are plenty of people out there talking about climate change, but how many are actually doing something about it? Even those of us who spend a lot of time outdoors can be guilty of contributing to the destruction of the natural environment we love. We fly in jets from place to place for the sake of adventure, and many of us are still driving low-mileage, carbon-emitting SUVs. Despite our active lifestyle, we can still put a real hurting on the planet. That's why I'm taking a few lessons from my friend, Allison Gannett. How does one go from being a professional skier to being an environmental advocate? Well, it actually happened the other way around. I went to school for climate change and majored in education for environmental issues. And then I went to school for solar design for alternative home building and spent a lot of time doing that and doing energy audits. At the same time, I had a professional skiing career going on, doing crazy things like the X Games and jumping off cliffs for a living. My careers were kind of running parallel and then I had a really bad crash in the X Games and I realized how shallow a lot of my ski industry sponsors were and I decided wouldn't it be cool to partner with companies that really have more at stake and care more about than just selling clothing. Everybody said I was crazy. Why wouldn't you, at the peak of your career, be chasing dollars? Because that's what everybody was doing. And I said, you know, I want to chase ethics. I want to work with companies that have the same beliefs that I do. As an athlete getting older, I'd say I have better sponsor relationships now than I ever did. And now working with the Save Our Snow Foundation and working with schools, working with Congress, working with the White House on saving our snow, saving our planet, making the world a better place. Allison Gannett is the kind of adventure athlete that walks the talk. While leading an exciting life as a professional skier, she's making a big difference in educating the general public on the realities of climate change. And through her work at the Save Our Snow Foundation and on her own organic farm in Colorado, She's showing us what each of us can do to slow it down. I'm James Mills, and you're listening to The Joy Trip Project. Save Our Snow Foundation, as I understand it, addresses issues of climate change, specifically as it relates to lack of snowfall, lack of bigger snow fields and glaciers all over the world. But but imagine, especially in the United States, what are you doing to raise awareness and perhaps getting people more familiar with the problem with our depleting snow yields? Right. I, and I think a lot of people, when they first think about the Save Our Snow Foundation, well, I'm a professional skier and obviously... If I don't have snow, I can't jump off cliffs. Well, it's not the whole story because really, if you think about snow, what it is, it's like battery storage for our water. So snow stores almost half of the world's drinking water around the world. And so we depend on it. Whether you're an athlete or whether you're a kayaker or whether you're a surfer, we all depend on that snow providing drinking water, irrigation water, 
food on our plates. And so we all have a vested interest in preserving our snow for future generations, whether we love to ski or snowboard or whether we just love to eat or drink water. I mean, water is essential for life. And so we focus on solutions to climate change that are cost effective. And this is, I think a lot of people know about the problem, but not a lot of shows that I go to talk about solutions and solutions that are easy for people to understand, for businesses to understand, for governments to understand. So Save Our Snow Foundation, I have two projects really working from the top down with the White House and with Congress, spending a lot of time in Washington, D.C., as far as lobbying and working for better legislation. And then on the other end, where what we're doing is working with schools and with kids, film festivals, et cetera, on my four-step program for solutions to climate change. And through all that, you recently purchased a organic farm. Yeah, well, you know, here's my beef, is that there's a lot of environmentalists out there that, you know, tell people what to do. And first of all, I think preaching isn't a very good way to go. You really have to walk the talk yourself. And what I did about 10 years ago, I started calculating my carbon footprint. I realized, being a green person, that my carbon footprint was still really high. It was 16 tons. And so I was on this mission to reduce my carbon footprint. So I started with my highest action item, which was flights, and I actually got my flying carbon footprint down in half. Then the next highest thing was my house, even though I lived in a straw bale house. So I was able to cut my carbon footprint of my house in half. And then I started on transportation to design this solar-powered electric plug-in car, which actually was a huge failure, but that's a whole other story. Then the next logical thing was my consumption. So I had to look at my food, where my food came from, First, I started with going all organic, which was very expensive, and then I realized that organic, what didn't necessarily mean it wasn't grown with petroleum. Um, So I looked at growing it locally, knowing my farmer, and then eventually I just marched down this path where it seemed logical to grow my own food. So I was growing it at 9,000 feet in my mudroom and outside in cold frames, and eventually I realized, you know, if I'm really going to walk the talk, I need to garden on a little bit more of a serious scale and came across this amazing organic farm and now I have cows and pigs and chickens and trying to process all my own food, bake all my own bread, can all my own food, freeze my own food and every day is a phenomenal learning experience and I can pass those experiences on to other people. You're one person, apparently a person of means and have the ability to do this, but that's a huge undertaking. How do you reconcile that with the average person who might not have the ability or resources to walk the talk, as you said? Well, and what I focus on is cost-effective solutions to climate change. And I think what everybody talks about is you need to put solar panels on your house and you need to buy organic food and you need a, a Prius. And I would highly disagree. All the solutions that we have are low cost or no cost, and I walk people how to do that in your house with your vehicle and how to do it with your food and how to do this and save money. I'm doing a sample garden right now, showing people how they can do it in the city and how you can do this at home, whether you have a window cell, a window box, and how you can do the simple solutions in your home, in your vehicle. All these things are cost effective and actually save everybody money. I don't care if you believe in climate change. You can just say, I don't believe. I say, I don't care. Because if we can all save money, it's a win-win situation. When you save money, you reduce waste. And when you reduce waste, you reduce your energy use. And so it's a win-win situation for everybody. So what are your goals moving forward? Where do you you go from here? Your best aspirations, what do you want to achieve? 
Well, my biggest goal right now is to see if I can truly, my husband and I, provide for ourselves and have this kind of sample city project that we have going on so we can show people how to do this. We want to have a program where we can bring people out to the farm. They see kind of how it works on a bigger scale and why you want to get to know your farmer, know your food, what you want to do with your house, what do you want to do with transportation. But we want to show people how they can do that on their own scale at home in their city apartment what they can do to make a difference and what everybody can do to make a difference and how it is all the little things that make a difference. A, a great example is a lot of people are looking at drilling right now. Obviously we don't want to drill offshore so we're going to look at drilling interior. If we drilled every single interior and all the offshore by 2030 the U.S. would have an additional 200,000 barrels of oil a day. Which sounds pretty good if we all just inflated our tires today. Tomorrow we would save 800,000 barrels of oil. So it is all the little things. It's the little things that are going to put money in your pocket. When you save those 800,000 barrels, you're also increasing your gas mileage by 3%, which is way better than actually going out and purchasing an electric car because an electric car has a very high carbon footprint. So I actually talk people out of solar panels, talk them out of electric cars, talk them out of doing these big things and into doing all the little things that really add up to not only carbon effectiveness, but cost effectiveness. You can learn more about the Save Our Snow Foundation and better practices of sustainable living online at allisongannett.com. For the Joy Trip Project, this is James Mills. New music this week by Jake Shimobakuro. He's got a new album out, so head over to iTunes to download Peace, Love, and Ukulele. The Joy Trip Project is made possible thanks to the generous support of our sponsor, Patagonia. Check out their latest conservation initiatives and new media projects on their blog at thecleanestline.com. And special thanks to Outdoor Retailer Winter Market. Find all the new and exciting products the outdoor industry has to offer all are under one big tent. Visit OutdoorRetailer.com. Thanks for listening, but we hope you'll write. Drop an email with your questions, comments, and criticisms to info at joytripproject.com or find us on Facebook. We'd love to hear from you. Until next time, take care.